Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How's everybody doing tonight?
Folks, those were all songs from the wonderful year of 1997. Now, I know we were all born past that year, but it was a good year. We should do some research in it at some point. How's everybody doing? This is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your Thursday episode. I'm I'm coming from, I don't know if you can hear the difference. That's right. It's a New York sound in the background. Yeah, that's a bad boy sound because I'm in the big city. The big old apple. The the new i'm in well I'm, I'm in new york that's where i'm at i'm in new york for BravoCon, and dude i just did the most bad boy thing ever so i got in like i slept i like i didn't really sleep in the plane i didn't really sleep last night and then i got the middle seat and i talk about all this on the patreon i've been doing these little updates over there so go follow if you want little BravoCon updates over on the patreon but let's just say I didn't get a lot of sleep in the plane. And then I came and I had dinner by myself and I got French onion soup because I'm a bad boy, you know, like by myself. And then I was like, you know what? Why don't um, why don't I go check out uh, my bed um, at this hotel and sleep in it? Or I, I actually was going to watch Beverly Hills. I started watching Beverly Hills. I passed out. And it was one of those – like I slept – I passed out so hard. And then I kept waking up and I was like, Ryan, you've got to finish podcast. You've got to do it, please. No, nobody needs this, but you've got to do it. So now I'm up doing it and then I want to go back to bed. So, But today's an easy one, you guys, because today we have, you know, somebody amazing. We have Kate Casey from Reality Life with Kate Casey. We talk all about her career. I mean, this is just, it's the easiest to talk to Kate. What are you going to say about Kate Casey? I think she truly is an originator of a lot of the things that we all do, all the Bravo podcasters do. So I think she is excellent. And I had the, I always have the best conversations with her. I have a lot of fun. I have a lot of respect for her. And I think this is just a really fun conversation. So why don't we get to that while I go and try to see how I'm how how we're going to tackle this weekend in terms of all the bravo ness of it, because I'm here, I'm, um, I'm I'm excited. I hope to meet a lot of you guys. But in the meantime, for all those of you who aren't here, I hope to bring you little pieces of information and fun and all of that stuff. So follow on the Instagram and all of that stuff and ah, da 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 da. But uh, you guys, also make sure you go check Kate Casey. We talk about a couple of her episodes from the past couple of weeks, uh, but also then today she had Ronnie Karam from a little show called Watch What Crappens. So always somebody insanely entertaining over on Kate's podcast. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Kate Casey, and I'll talk to you guys on Friday. 
You guys, welcome back to the show. Today we have a guest, a returning guest, but this guest is so important to me. And if you listen to the show on a regular basis, I bring her up all the time because I think she is a prime example of the magic of podcasting. Like truly, I, this is this person uh, always inspires me. And I can tell you numerous reasons for that. If you have not checked out her podcast, you need to do that immediately. Um, but it's so amazing because I believe she started off in reality and at some point, she kind of pivoted and does reality, but also brings docu-series, always brings all of these things that I am so fascinated to watch. There is not a better person out there that is going to give you recommendations for things that you need to see on a weekly basis. Also, she has an amazing family. She interned at the White House. Awesome husband. I mean, this, if I, if I, if I was a girl, I would want to be this girl. That's what I'm saying, oh. basically. She is the on, I always say Mount Rushmore with Ben and Ronnie, Kate, Heather. I mean, this is somebody that has been doing it for over 500 episodes. Uh, I mean, still insanely young. I predict she's going to get into producing her own shows one day. Kate Casey, welcome back to the show from Reality Life with Kate Casey. Oh my God, let's make out. That's so good. Thank you. <laughs> I think with Zoom, we can't do that in your marriage. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing, Kate? Good. A little sleep deprived, but fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know? And that's probably because of kids. For me, it's just because of all these damn shows. I don't know how you do yeah. it, Kate. You say you don't sleep a lot. No. Is that how you mm-hmm. do it? Because you watch, I think I watch a lot of TV. You always are watching things that I'm like, oh my God, that's out there too. Like you watch TV nonstop. Yeah. But I've always kind of been like that. <laughs> I don't know. I just think I'm really good at um, finding pockets of time. I, I maximize every minute of the day. Every minute. But it, it's See, the that's, time, I don't. I, I don't know. Just... The same time people say that and they're, they're like, oh, I didn't call you because I thought you'd be too busy. And I'm like, no, no, no I can still hang out. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's insane. I get scared every morning I wake up of the list of things. And like, I just... It is truly amazing. Just to remind people, why did you start this in the first place? Because you have been doing this yeah. for, I mean, what has it been like? Six years. Six years? I mean, yeah. you've been, why did you start this? I started it six years ago. I pitched it to Wondery and I, I said, I want to create a show about reality TV because I always loved reality TV. I was obsessed with it. And they asked me at the time, do you think enough people watch reality TV shows? Just <laughs> absolutely hilarious now, considering how many shows are about it. But I don't know. I've always been fast, more fascinated by real people and real stories than like watching a movie. Because the it's some, there's something romantic to me about watching someone's story and then be able to track how their life continues. So the idea of the show was like, can I track some of those people down, like the real world's Eric Niece, and ask them like, what are you doing now? Like, how did that change? How did that show change the rest of your life? So I kind of feel like I'm in a relationship with all the people in all these shows and the relationship continues because they have new projects, they have new life experiences. And that's the bummer of like, this is us. It's like the made up characters and then the show ends and that's it. And the great thing about these shows is like, you get to still track their lives. I love that. Well, the only thing I don't like in terms of reality, though, I think it's exclusively towards Bravo is that sometimes I get sad tracking the lives of housewives that are no longer on the show because it seems like then it's well, it just seems like then there's a constant focus on trying to get back on the show instead of continuing their life. You know, and it's like Eric Neese, 
It's such a, uh, by the way, real world New York, you guys, uh, if you don't know him, but he had this like amazing journey where he kind of transformed yeah. into this like guru and was into mushrooms mm-hmm. and all this spiritual experience. And he didn't try to keep going in TV at a certain point. And I thought that was so fascinating about his story, but with the housewives, no. oh, you know what they he always told- say housewives. What? When I interviewed him years ago, what he told me was that he, he, this is all, what's always surprising is like what people come what they'll tell you and back in those days like no one was interviewing reality stars so no publicists are involved yet (laughs) no so he was like listen kate what happened was that this guy completely screwed me in terms of like as a manager and i i was successful meaning like people knew who i was but i was not i was famous but not successful which is horrible so he got screwed on money but then he also said that he had come to the realization that he had been a victim of sexual abuse And so the whole journey to become like more self-evolved and where he is now as this life coach was the result of the realization that he had been an abuse survivor. So that's why a lot of the people that I end up interviewing or that we watch, I find to be fascinating because they're going to say things that an actor wouldn't because an actor is always protecting this blank canvas so that they can be a character. But like, I remember I interviewed Marcus Lemonis and I'm only thinking about him because I was just preparing my must must watch list and he has a new renovation show. And I was like, I bet other people will flip through that. Like what it's a renovation show. God, there's plenty of those. But for me, I think he's such an interesting person because I took a long time for me to track him down. He finally does an interview. I thought I had 20 minutes. He gave me like 45, but he also told me this backstory of finding out that uh, he was an adoptee and he went back to Greece to the, to the orphanage and he was adopted by a Greek family and his identity was Greek. And then he found out he was Syrian. So there was that to unpack. And then he told me that he was a victim of sexual abuse. And it's just like, I think that sometimes people in unscripted are willing to be way more vulnerable than the people that work in scripted. And because of that, we feel so connected to them and so inspired and compelled by their stories. And they have our allegiance and we will follow them. Forever. Yeah, I mean, that's so dead on. I mean, as I get older, I always like, I can't read uh, fiction a lot anymore because nonfiction is so much (gasps) more interesting. So true, yeah. But it's like- it's like, that's what I always yep. say to people. You think, you think like you keep using this as us. Like, you think that's crazy? Check out real life. It totally. is insane. I mean, even last night, if you talk about Salt Lake, we had Whitney reveal that she was abused on the show. And we had this very serious scene between Whitney and her husband, Justin. And I was like, oh my God, should we be here for this? Like, Well, that's, this- that's the same reaction I had. I was like, <laughs> I actually felt like. I'm a voyeur into a woman's journey yes. that she's halfway through. Yeah, she doesn't even and, like, know what it is yet. And then I just we're felt watching like, this. I felt so uncomfortable because she's like, well, my half brother told me that he did EMDR, which by the way, EMDR is a fantastic therapy. I recommend it highly. It's really good. If you've had any trauma, are you familiar with it? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So if anybody's not familiar with it, it's just like, it's, it's the sequence of tapping, which kind of allows you to be in a meditative state and kind of open your mind and brings up memories. But she's like, well, my half brother told me that he did EMDR and that I was abused. So it's like secondhand information. And then I kind of got frustrated because I felt like, I wonder if a producer's like encouraging her, like, yes, tell that story, tell that story where I, I feel like if I'd be in, if I was in her life, I'd say, 
why don't you allow yourself the space to really figure out what this is? Because I don't want you to feel like someone took advantage of you later. Which, which reminds me of that uh, other docu-series that was on Freeform that uh, The Deep End, um, remember oh, that yeah. you interviewed oh, the director, yeah, John yeah. Casby, oh, for yeah. that. And where, you know, she, the the guru, what was her name? Uh, Teal, Swan, Teal Swan. She was telling everybody she would like get them to this meditative state and they all ended up being abused and they don't know if she was planting those memories in yeah. the people, which is so deep. But that's why I'm like, reality shows have kind of just run the gamut and it keeps, it's it's starting to become like, it feels like it's on steroids. Like, what are yes. we going to see? Where does this all end? Are we going to end with a murder on, on real TV, you know? Maybe, but I also think that because of it, like, especially post COVID that we're all finally allowing ourselves to talk about everyone's mental health Yeah, and people feel less um, embarrassed about their family's weird histories and experiences they've had. So I feel like what we're doing is we're actually pushing stuff to the surface and that people are grateful for other people telling their own truths because it feels like you're less alone in the world. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, I mean that, and that's what uh, we talk about that all the time on the show too. And then you get all of these interesting emails and DMS of people that are going through some so intense things mm -hmm. where they'll, I mean, they'll start sharing their stories and the stigma there's so you, you don't realize how much of a stigma there is on mental health until you start talking about it. And you realize yeah. it's like this forbidden world, you know, word. And that's why I think reality shows, one of the good things they do is they highlight these little dark corners and shine a light on it. But yeah. you, you know, since you've loved reality shows your entire life doing what you do now and for six years, has some of the shine worn off of it in terms of the romanticizing? Mm -hmm. Like for me, I start mm -hmm. watch these shows and sometimes I'm like, oh man, another like, okay, I've seen this Beverly Hills episode 10 times uh, um, before. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like uh, Love After Lockup, I'm sorry. I just can't watch that. It's bad actors. It's it's real I, people I just they're forcing to act. It's real people uh, yeah. forcing to act. But it's like whack-a-mole. So like for those that pop up, there are so many other things that I just sort of have pivoted. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm way more interested in like docu-series. I, I don't know. I kind of float. So it's like, I like the high, the high and the low. I think you're like me. We like high and low. So we yeah, can yeah. watch <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> But then it's like, okay, I need to stimulate my that cerebral. Yeah, but then I need to watch the Manti Teo story on Netflix. Or, or I or, need, you know, wait, have you watched uh, Hostages H on HBO yet? No, damn it! Oh That's... my God, Brian! Oh wait, 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 quick! Wait. I told you at the beginning, but Kate, where do we sign up for your? Because she puts out this list every week, you guys, of like seven things that you need to watch, and I, I shit you not, it is always like I've all like I know like three or four of them already in my mind, and then there will be three that I'll be like. Oh my God, this is so up my alley. And I had no clue of where do they oh, sign up for good. that list? So katecasey.substack.com. So and it just goes straight to your email, like I think yeah, every Saturday free. or Sunday. Yeah. It's free. It's you yeah, just yeah. sign up and it comes to your email every Monday and it's like a guide of what to watch during the week. And I'm calling from different networks and I'm doing reality TV, docu-series, documentaries. Like one thing last week that was like off the beaten path was this. Uh, travel channel um one like episode thing it was called the curse of robert the doll 
which is this weird doll in Key West that people go to visit, but it's like a got a curse to it. Yeah. So like the backstory of this hideous doll, it's like maybe that wouldn't have been in your queue that week, but like it's just something, you know what I want to do? I just, I want to bring fun conversations to dinner parties. I want you to be the fun person at the dinner party because if you are listening to different stories all week long you go to a dinner party you're like oh my god i just heard the craziest thing <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. You know what totally. I mean? yeah no that's all i mean that's i was talking uh to a guest this week or something they were do you remember that old show on ifc with john favreau dinner for five yes of course where he, he would, would sit, sit around, around with like yeah. luminaries and they would uh-huh. like swap stories and stuff and like that that's so the vibe I mean, this all leads to, and we're going to dip in and out of everything because uh, this could last eight hours and it won't. But I, um, <laughs> but I always think like, are we talking too fast for people? Because no, I, no, no. Well, also, I'm a fast can, talker. No, I. So oh, you know, I, need I to so, like slow down but, for people. But remember, you guys can switch it to a lower speed <laughs> if it's too fast. <laughs> I, two. Okay, I listen. Good. Well, I listen to the daily and NPR up first every morning, and I listen to them at one point five, and then I. But then I started listening like out where somebody had it on and it was at a one. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? (laughs) And it was his actual normal speaking voice. And I was so used to it fast because that's how I listened to it. Um, My whole point is doing all of this and having the knowledge that you have for me and the conversations we've had, I would think the obvious next step for you is why are you not producing your own shows? Like, why are you, you, you highlight all of these shows, but in the meantime, you have all of these record, you know, you recognize these patterns, see what's, you know, why are you not doing that on top I, of well, what you're already I, doing? Well, I actually am. I'm selling something this month. Um, and then I actually just interviewed someone this month and I convinced them to let me make a documentary about them. So yeah, I think I you told do- me about that one when we talked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, see, that's because well, that, I'm like, we need people like you producing where you have such a wide swath of knowledge because that's the thing I want, you know, like I, I sometimes feel like the fans, the listeners care more about these shows than sometimes the producers involved, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think they get too. I think they just get burned out by it. By the time I get to somebody, they're like, uh, like if I interview a director, executive producer, sometimes they're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm yes. they're like so, and I understand this very much. They're so in their heads about the the project they're working on that this is so far behind that it, it takes them a minute to like calibrate for the interview. But and, I feel and like sometimes it was a bad experience, so you're bringing them back to like maybe, you know, and it's or, a promotional or machine. heavy, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like that sometimes people go, I just can't understand how you can like cover something like Jeffrey Dahmer and then move on. But so my friend said it to me this week. She said, it's almost like you've already put all the puzzle pieces together. So you, the puzzle's done. So you move on to the next one. Yeah. I mean like that. I mean, well, for me, it's a little bit, you know, like I always feel like I can't, there are things that I hate about each episode I put out. But I can't worry about that too much because tomorrow I have to put out a new one. So it's like it's made the OCD I have like kind of like, okay, well, I just push on, you know, like I just push on. And and eventually, if I'm ever George Lucas, I can go back and re-edit and stuff. But I I, I feel like I feel like I've had the realization in the last week and a half that um, I have elements of OCD because my mom was like, yeah, when you were a kid, you, you I used to like be a compulsive blinker for a period of time and I would count all the time 
And I did this one thing where I would like, if I tapped something with my right hand, then I'd have to do it on my left side to feel balanced. But then I felt like I outgrew it. But then I do think there are elements of it that are still there with what I do and what you do, because I get so hyper-focused and obsessed with a project. And then I, and then I just have to move on. But when I'm in the thick of it, I like I'm oh hours will pass and I won't even know like hours will I'll be like I'll always be like well I'm just gonna take uh quick notes on this and it's like a 30 minute show and then three hours later and I'm like just typing away and I'm so in it and I'm like oh my god um also I just want you to know Kate's been blinking the entire time rapidly she doesn't even know no no not at all I'm joking no no (laughs) No, I I used to do that I used to rapidly but my mom would be like you gotta stop and then she said I just like outgrew it I still count. I still, if I'm by myself, I'll yeah. just go like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And for some yeah. reason that helps me focus. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Or like be able to think about the next thing that I need to do instead mm-hmm. of the 30 things that I need to do. Um, so you actually brought up the Jeffrey Dahmer thing, which is actually your current, uh, this, this week's one of the current, this week's yeah. episodes. And, uh, you know, I, I have talked about Dahmer on Netflix, the actual the Evan Peters one, and mm-hmm. you're talking about the confession tapes of Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Um, did you are you doing the Dahmer on Netflix with Evan Peters? Are you doing the scripted version of Dahmer? I feel like now that I watched the three episodes of the docuseries, I'm like, mm, I can move on. Yeah. And, it, and it, I don't feel like I'm going to enjoy it as much because now I've seen the faces of the real people. Like I've seen the face yes. of the man that called and reported the smell that la- that led to uncovering all the dead bodies it's just kind of like do i want to watch that no and i feel like i think people forget that it's real like this is completely real i watched the first two episodes and people keep telling me to push on i'm like why this is so disturbing to me and i feel like we're like almost sexualizing jeffrey Dahmer because people like evan peters but at the same time you pay attention to streaming like i do it is one of the most streamed show in all of streaming right now like i mean Mm -hmm. that's wild to me what do you chalk that up to because like i mean that's the same thing with true crime that we you focus on on your show as well what what do you what do you think that is i think that we live in a really unpredictable time and that the element of true crime is something that appeals to people like you and i is it's a puzzle and we feel like there's some sort of control in our life if we feel like we're figuring out what the puzzle is it's that gives us a, a, a feeling of more control in our own chaotic life yeah. I mean, no, I, I just sometimes hope we're not glamorizing and I hope we are finding well, like, okay, I think this is the, order and chaos. I think the scripted people are glamorizing it. Like I, I said, I'm going to be interviewing the docuseries director and people were writing me like, well, you need to ask them, how do they feel about how they're taking advantage of the story of, of the victims? I'm like, but I'm not, I'm, he's giving, he's, they're highlighting the victims in what you're doing. Yes. And he's highlighting how the Milwaukee police department uh, did an abhorrent job how they uh the racism behind the police department they're actually shining a light on the victims and their stories so that's why i like unscripted more than scripted yeah no i mean i i completely agree with you and that's why i was like pointing that out is that the jeffrey dahmer thing doesn't do enough um from the shows i saw and what i read in the reviews doesn't do enough to highlight the actual victims but then in your episode these guys the confessions of uh actually do paint a real picture actually do 
I'm going to tell you what you're going to like more about the docuseries is that they, he highlights Wendy Patricus, who was her, his attorney. She was 25 years old when she started representing him. She's the one that did the 32 hours of audio interviews with him. And it was something about her that he opened it up, opened up, and she was able to glean all the information about all the victims. And when you listen to the tapes, you're like, he's at ease with her. And there's almost a part, there's a part of humanity there. And I asked him in the interview, I'm like, I almost feel like, did he, he actually, I think, cared about her. Maybe this was the first person he cared about because the way he's talking to her, she's like, well, why do you think you did this? And he's like, I wish I could tell you, I don't know. But he says, I can't be out in the world because I can't stop myself. So you hear these things and you're like, there's a little bit of humanity in there, just like an inch of it where you're like, I, oh, okay, I can, I can take something from that. Versus the scripted, you're like, I don't even know if this is an accurate representation of the person. Do you think there's more humanity in Dahmer or Ramona Singer? God, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, um, I wanted to talk uh, before we get more into the shows and Bravo and all that stuff is podcasting in general. Yeah. You, I think we're one of the, like I said, you, you've done this for six years and now there is a new, it seems like reality show podcast that pops up every hour. Uh, on the hour. Uh, and you are one of the first people to do this and you have hung in, you have diversified, but what have you noticed as these years have passed on? Like what is the good and oh the bad God. of podcasting right now, in your opinion? Uh, the good thing is more people acknowledge them, but at the same time, it's weird. It's like, media outlets or net, network, not networks, Bravo networks, certainly, but uh, you know, before it used to be like, what the hell is a podcast? They, is it a podcast? Like they didn't know what it was. And so that's getting a little bit better that people are acknowledging it as like a, 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 a hugely successful uh, platform. But at the same time, then you have this oversaturation of people who are kind of haphazardly putting something together, which frustrates me because there are people like you and me who put so much work into it and really love the platform. But I don't like the way celebrities in particular are like, well, I'm going to do a podcast. And then they like half-ass it. It's like, it's just- And they immediately get ad buys because they're celebrities. Thank you. They immediately, I mean, so this is how it works, you guys. It's like, and like people like Kate, she's established, but people like me, when I first started, like even with the iHeartCloud 10 stuff, I mean, they, I still have to get approved. I'm still somebody that's a new name, even though I've done it for three years. You have to prove yourself every, every oh, I day. Feel like I'm, you know? I'm proving myself every day. I feel every day like I'm at the bottom of the hill. And maybe oh, that's- Yeah, we, we actually- That's a good Kate, thing. I don't Kate know. Kate actually is great because we she'll actually check up on me. Like she's really, and I'm sure there's- a blanket of podcasters she does the same on because she's really supportive, but we all have conversations like that where it is fascinating where I'm like, well, Kate's at the top and you'll be like, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting, I'm working every day. I'm like, but it's like Rocky, like you're training every day or you're like Mm -hmm. lifting the weights, you're doing all of this, you're running in the snow and you still are like every day trying. That's what I think is so fascinating about you is I noticed, was there a point in the podcast where you, I felt like there was a point where it got diversified, where you started, like you've always added multiple voices in each episode for like different projects a lot of the times, but well, then I thought you started highlighting docu-series more and stuff. And it really kind of even breathed even more new life than just the natural like Bravo and all of that stuff. Honestly, I got so frustrated because I would try to book talent and it would be impossible. I would joke, but it was serious. At some points I'm like, I could sooner get relatives of Osama bin Laden, then I can get a housewife or somebody on The Bachelor. 
And it got to the point where it was like, this is absurd. And then I thought to myself, but truthfully, the things that interest me are way more interesting than a housewife story or a bachelor. And that kind of pushed me. And sometimes I feel like the universe does that to you where they purposely set up this like wall for you to, in order to push you into a new direction. I, but that's what so, I love. You didn't ever get beaten down by it. You just like found well, a new no, way that's over my the wall, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've had so many people in my podcasting career where like they wouldn't give me an interview or someone didn't promote it or something. And I, I think this is just my attitude in life too, is I allow myself maybe three minutes to be angry about something. Because I feel like past that, it does no service to myself. Mine's like three else. years, three years. <laughs> and then that's the, really the capper. Yeah. But I'm like, um, and I, I think because my mom also raised me that way in a very like Irish English kind of house where it was like, no one gives a shit about your problems. Keep, keep your chin up. Like my mom will say, keep, keep, keep your chin up to me today. Still. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I just get mad. But then I'm like, how am I going to use this as fuel to the fire to get myself? So like the must watch list was actually born out of me being mad that I couldn't get access to somebody. And I was like, how am I going to take my power back? And that was, I'm going to create a list every week. So to the point where these networks are like, they need to work with me because they want me to promote. That's yeah. really where that was born out of. And but then, it's so genius. Like to me, it's so genius. You know, like that's what I, I was talking to Meditza and Sandra and I was like, I, I, we, you know, we'll use you as an example sometimes of like, you know, and I, and I'm doing too much all the time in a very unfocused way. And they try to focus me, the people I work with, but like, that to me is like, that's a billion dollar idea. Like what that idea, and, and you might think at home, oh, well, that's a simple idea. But like, if you really think about it, it's like, man, it opens up everything. It like puts you, pa- and then it also makes you a pop culture commentator on everything, not just Bravo, not just TLC, everything, which by the way, you're the one I did your show. And it was the first time we did the show way back in the day where we talked about the first episode of welcome to Plathville. And I was on that episode with you and I, it was, it just came out and I was like, what the hell? And like, but that's, what's so great about shows like yours is that it's not just Bravo. It brings you into all of these other stories that are equally as good and horrifying and sometimes even just better than the bread and butter of Bravo. Yeah. But then I always worry, like, are people going to care? Okay. Here's an example. So tomorrow's episode is about hostages, which I've referenced. Okay. So hostages, on is HBO. A, a four-part docuseries on HBO, which is about the 1979 hostage crisis. And then that, that is like, was it the Iranian? The... Yes. Yeah. So okay. Ara- Iran's in, in the, in the beginning stages of a revolution, the Shah of Iran has all this wealth and the people that are living there are getting frustrated because he has, there's such a disparity in wealth. So they're pushing him out of the country. The Ayatollah is getting more power. People are, are, are restless. There's a lot of unrest in the country. And so the this group of student revolutionaries take over the American embassy to send a message. It was supposed to be 48 hours. It turned into 444 days. The embassy in the middle of Tehran at that time was almost like Central Park. It was this massive property with grounds, a mansion, a pool. So if the people who are struggling are like, why the hell are is the Shah such great friends with the American president? Look at this embassy. It's ridiculous. So those revolutionaries take over. So it's the story of what happened in the 444 days. So I'm like, this is so powerful. 
how I can't, I couldn't get a hostage. I tried desperately like a former hostage. Kate, so for I, a second, I thought you literally were saying you tried to take somebody hostage. Oh, and I was like, no, that's no. not, you know, Kate, why don't you just watch the series? You can probably pick it up that you don't need to live it. Yeah. Yeah. You try to get one of the hostages. Yeah. I tried. I couldn't do it. I was like, I, and, and my, to understand my life is like, I'm always on the time clock. I'm like, do I get somebody by my close of day Wednesday? Like, what am I going to do? What am I do? It's just constantly. It's like wall street. Close you, that deal. Yes, sell, yes, sell, yes, sell, yes. Buy. Yeah. If you followed me in my life, you'd be like, oh my God, I'm like, a carpooling. I'm going to drive my kids to school and soccer. And I'm on the phone. I'm like, can, can, do you know anybody? Can you get me somebody like my one friend went to the Naval Academy? I'm like, this guy teaches at the Naval Academy. Can you find somebody that can get me his email? I got his email, but then it was like at the end of my deadline. So I got this professor who is featured in the docuseries to give context to like that period of time. But I was like, I don't feel like it's enough. So the first part of it, I interviewed my friend, Mark, who just happened last week. I was in the parking lot of school and I said, he's from Iran. And I said, oh my God, I'm watching this docuseries. It's crazy about the revolution. He goes, well, you know, we escaped the revolution in the middle of it. And I'm like, wait, what? And he tells me the story like, oh, my mom left before us. And then my dad was left behind, but my dad was a dentist. He was arrested. They put him in a jail with the prisoner who uh, at the jail, who became like the head of the jail, recognized him and said, they're going to assassinate you tomorrow and open the door and let his dad run out. And he like got to the Turkish border from for a ride and then he eventually got to the US. So I'm like, can you come on my show and tell that story? So he this episode opens, opens with him telling that story, then the the professor, and then it just so happens. And this sometimes happens where like something in the world is happening at the same time. It's crazy. I found this woman who could talk to me about the protests in Iran, you know, the women taking off the hijabs. Yeah. So I contact the woman who's running the movement and she said, I'm slammed, but I, I know this other woman. So she's in California and I get her to interview her tomorrow or yesterday. Sorry. And she's like, well, I just had a baby 12 days ago. And I'm like, holy shit. And she's like, but I have to talk about this because I want everyone to know what's going on. So she tells the story of growing up in Iran after the revolution, what it was like to grow up there, and then talks about coming to the U.S., why the protests are important, what she thinks is going to happen, what we can do. So it kind of paints this whole picture. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if anyone's going to care about this. See, but that's what I think you're wrong is because they are... They trust you. You know, that's what podcasters are like. Once you built an audience, they trust you to take them. That's why I always like if I do something different off course from like Bravo, or if I start talking about music or one of my favorite musicians, they'll go there with me. They'll allow me to do that because they trust me enough to be like, no, 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 I'll tell you why this is important. And what you just did is a pastiche where what you're telling me is you're doing a documentary in a podcast format where you're piecing together an entire show out of this show. So yeah. to me, that works on so many levels but that's the the kind of big swings that i feel you take that i feel pay off and will pay off even more eventually but even onto that you were the one that she always thinks left of center and this is like so important like don't always follow the the most traveled path when the uh the salt lake city sprinter uh van thing when jen <laughs> yeah. shaw ran you know she didn't get one of the housewives you guys she got the driver of the sprinter, the sprinter. van. <laughs> she, she went and oh, found the driver so nice. of the sprinter van and that's to me 
Like, holy shit, you're because you're not thinking A to B, you're thinking A to F and nobody else is doing that kind of thing. And that's way, what I he, think is interesting. He had COVID. I interviewed him. He had COVID. He goes, Kate, I hope that I can do this interview and not sound horrible. He said, I said, you sounded like a champ. You sound better than Jen. Yeah. 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 And he was um, such a he was such a good guy. And he also wrote, drove that sprinter van on the second trip when they went to Aspen. When she, when Jen had that like the mental breakdown and he was if like, only he could have been wild. in Aspen a couple episodes ago for the Beverly Hills ladies, you know. I kind of feel like that Salt Lake show is a real buzzkill after you watch Beverly Hills. I watched Beverly Hills and Dude, then I watched, yes! and then I was like, this is so disjointed. These women aren't really friends. Meredith's trying to pretend that she's in this loving marriage and she's rich. Lisa's trying to pretend that she's like holistic and come to an introspective. Whitney's in the middle of a journey. I don't know if she's ready to talk about. Heather just seems like she hates everybody and Jen's still wearing fur coats and heels and she's going to jail. What is happening But at the same here? time, I know you're you're totally dead on because I watched Beverly Hills in Salt Lake last night and I was supposed to take notes on Salt Lake, but as soon as it started, I was like, this is too, they were doing like the Jen Shaw <laughs> feel bad for me and my family piece, you know, and which I, you know, they did a good job in trying to make, you know, her mom comes in, but the whole time I'm thinking like, this is the same mom that she took a million dollars of her retirement money to fight her defense. And we all know it's like the Titanic. We all know the Titanic sinks. So we all know Jen Shaw changes her plea. So I'm watching this scene where she's crying to her mom and I'm going like, you helped put yourself here right. and I'm supposed to now put my emotion and sadness towards you and your family when you made all of these decisions and she's and these women are celebrating her and that's what I get get frustrated with because she mm -hmm. was like you know I went to my father's grave which is just horrible horrendous to think about and coach Shaw's like where are you so I blocked him and they're like yeah girl I'm like no this man if we're to be believe has stood by you and like you put yourself here and I'm trying to show compassion and understand, but, but I, I don't, don't understand I, sometimes. I feel like, sorry, but I think coach Shaw did know. I, I, I that's not why well, allegedly. And also what, how long has she been calling him coach? Like, uh, probably even before he was coach, like, like, probably in college, like, yeah. <laughs> like who calls their spouse by it's just weird. Wait, like, wait, does your husband call you podcaster? Oh yeah, and I call him CEO. Like, hey, CEO. like what? I don't. Uh, she's okay. So then, and then you have Beverly Hills. Another weird thing is that they open up in the finale with Dorit and the the robbery, the which robbery, like, which, which had got forgotten about from fell off the wayside. But then later in the episode, Garcelle has a Birkin party. I'm like, which is which is what we said, which was what we weren't supposed to be celebrating because that was the kind of thing. Because there was that one part, and this will be in my recap tomorrow. You guys was at it, it I um or I, so is that the Birkin gets somebody's like buy the Birkin, buy the Birkin, and I was like, you know, robbers at home are going, yeah, buy the Birkin, buy the Birkin, because they're like, Holy. we know a Birkin's at Garcelle's house now, you know. I well, like I was like, what is happening here? Also. Like the Kathy stuff, it's like clearly there's so much stuff going on that wasn't on camera and no one can talk about. And it's just it, it feels like your friend calls you and they tell you a quarter of the story about uh, the something that happened yeah. to them. And you're like, yeah, I could yeah. give you advice and I could get more <laughs> amped up about this, but I don't understand it. But also at the same time, it's like, Rina, if you want to fight injustice in the world, there's plenty of issues you can go do. Like this one, like, listen, I don't know what you're, I, I mean, and the Erica of it all, Erica kind of getting busted with her publicist or whatever that was, it was all so weird. Like they, I don't know if 
these shows ever really stick the landing on season finales. Like Southern Charm is another one where I was like, wait, this is the season finale? Like, I don't know if you 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 watched the, the season finale of Southern Charm. Of but course. It was like, yeah, th- okay, that was- Craig's party and then Leva gets kicked out and then we like cut back to the party and everybody's like, great year. Congrats, Craig. Great year. And then we have the like coda of like Shep and Taylor breaking up through text on the screen. And I was like, these are such weird endings. And I think maybe because these shows never end, because I wanted to get your opinion on Mm -hmm. the shows never end anymore because social media is the second screen now is that mm-hmm. Bravo never ends. It's 24 yeah. seven. Rena will be screaming about this until she starts filming the next season. And it's going well, to pick right. There's no pause. You know, I just think that the Kardashians are doing such a much better job. Like the keeping up with the Kardashians ultimately wasn't working because social media was ahead of it. So by the time you watched, it was like, this is old news. Somehow the Kardashians all collectively agreed there's a big portion of our lives from now on we will keep very private so that the viewers enjoy the backstory when they watch the episodes. That cannot be pulled off by too many ensemble people, housewives, and the Bravo Network. They can't be in agreement. You always have yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. who's like, so that's why it doesn't work anymore. Yes. It's, uh, okay. Kate, it's so dead on. You guys, so I watched three shows last night. I watched Beverly Hills, uh, Salt Lake, and then I went to the Kardashians. And the Kardashians, I had that thought. I was like, they it, it, the thing that's different is they are family. Like Courtney can like say I'm I'm not getting along with my sisters or I pulled back a little bit, but at the end of the day they are still family, and so they are tied to rules that these other shows are not tied to. Mm-mm. And it, you know it almost makes this season of the Kardashians and last season on Hulu highly viewable. I- Folks, now is the part of the show that I love the most. We get to talk about our sponsors. Once again, So Bad It's Good is sponsored by our friends at Splendid Spoon. Now, uh, we are coming to what I am told is the end of the summer. So we're, we're getting back into busy season again. I feel like it's been busy season all summer. But for a lot of people, busy season starts now. And that means you're going to have less time for grocery shopping. You're going to have less time to pre- prepare meals just less time in general. But don't worry, this is not this is not a big bummer because our friends at Splendid Spoon are there to help. Splendid Spoon is totally awesome. Uh, let me just give you an example. They sent me a box last week. I got another box from them. You get to pick out from like 60 choices on their website and you get to pick out like grain bowls, smoothies, juices, all like amazing, all fresh ingredients, all healthy, but all tasty. And for me, you guys listen to this. It, it like, okay, my Thursday Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap, I had gone through the day and I started that recap and it was like three and a half hours or three hours for the actual recap. And midway through, I was like, oh my God, I didn't eat. And it was not a problem because I didn't want to slow down working, but all I had to do was walk out of my room, into the kitchen, into the fridge, grab one of the, uh, this amazing noodle bowl that I got from them, put it in the microwave. And in less than five minutes, I had a great meal. And I was able to have the energy to finish talking about these housewives. And it was awesome. You don't wake up. I mean, I don't know. There's something about Splendid Spoon food, too, that I love because I don't wake up feeling horrible after I eat it at night. I feel good. Um, 
I imagine that's because of like the fresh ingredients and stuff. But also, it just it saves time. It's easy, and it comes right to your door in this prepackaged thing that's like all iced. So when you get the food, even if it's been laying on your front step all day. You bring it in, it's still cold, you put it directly into the refrigerator, and you are ready to go. Um, like I said, you can choose from over 50 ready-to-eat meals shipped right to your door on repeat, from breakfast smoothies and lunch bowls to noodle dinners and light soups for reset days. And like I said earlier, you can easily customize this to fit what you're looking for in your meal plan. It's 100% plant-based which is huge, gluten and GMO-free, with plenty of vegetables, legumes, healthy fats, whole grains, and spices from around the world. Plus, eating plant-based food can have benefits like improved energy, sleep, digestion, and complexion. I got to tell you, I, I'm not going to give it full credit, but I think it's helped me grow this magnificent mustache that I have going right now. I really think I really think the mustache is growing on me, you guys. Um, and with Splendid Spoon, it is so easy to add more plant-based meals into your busy routine. So I'm telling you guys, give this a shot. At least try it for a week and see if you dig it, because I totally do dig it. And they also even have like these energy shots you can order. It is so cool. Um, so this is the call to action, you guys. Fuel up for busy days with Splendid Spoon. Get started today and get $120 off your first three boxes at SplendidSpoon.com forward slash so bad. That's $120 off at SplendidSpoon.com slash so bad. That'll be in the show notes as well. And remember, go check this out. See if it's something you like. It really does help the show when you do these things. But on top of it, this stuff actually is really good. It is a product that I am using and I do highly recommend it. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I think the new production is just so much better than oh, it the feels old like, show. It feels like velvet. It's yeah, so, it's so and, and, smooth. They, you know, they obviously took a note from selling the OC and selling Sunset, mm -hmm. even though mm -hmm. I think... 
which you talked to one of the guys from selling the OC and I'm recapping that on my Patreon. And I, I love selling the OC more than I love selling sunset. I said that too. I think it's like, so much more interesting, it's so much more but it's watchable. because they're all on the same, a pluck from obscurity level where like no one knew who they were. That's the problem with these housewife shows is like, you're always having somebody come in and somebody else is more well-known. It's much more, I, I don't think the housewives works anymore. Yeah. I mean, so, well, and that's so funny to like, we always talk about like, you know, podcasters, not, uh, but like, we're like redheaded stepchild. Like we have to fight <laughs> for an interview with fight. housewives. We have to fight. And oh the thing God, is, you're, you're actually friends with housewives and oh, you and still, still have can't. to fight. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They can't, how it works, guys. It doesn't matter if I DM somebody and like say, oh yeah, yeah, I'll come on. You just had, but they'll be like, oh, you have to go through NBC. And then NBC they're, they're, Ooh. you know, I don't want to, you know, badmouth anybody there. They've been really generous, but at the same time, it is jumping. It's not like an easy yes. It is never an easy yes. And it's frustrating because we're the ones screaming more than entertainment tonight, more than all of this. And I know like entertainment tonight and E and all of that, it's sexier because it's TV, but like, come on, man. Like podcasters, like, I think this is growing and growing and growing and we could all work together. I mean, it's a no brainer for me. It's a no brainer. Yeah. It's like being, they're stuck in the dark ages. But That's how are they I'm... letting the housewives control their own narrative on social media, yet they'll choke us? I, I like, couldn't they'll... agree with you more. I'm like, oh, so they can do an Instagram live and they can say whatever they want, but yes, they can't come on secrets. my show. Okay. That makes sense. Like, See, ugh. that's what I'm like. Why aren't you, that's what I just don't understand about well, that's this why part of reality. I got pushed more into the content that's on other networks because they so love and appreciate podcasts. Like the reality shows on Netflix are fantastic and they give you access and you can ask and it, it gets people yeah. more excited. Yep. But at the same time, it's like if somebody has been on a television show for 10 years, you know, there's not much left story to tell. And they're so, jade, they're so jaded to the process already that it's yeah. like, you know, there's no excitement. So you're trying mm -hmm. to find a way to like do something interesting with them and not completely comical or goofy and try to find, try to make it worth their time. And it's so like, I remember interviewing like, like it's Cynthia Bailey and Cynthia was great to me. She was nice. She wouldn't turn the camera on because she was laying in bed, which I was like, Hey, totally cool. But it was like, you know, you get your 12 minutes and you get your this and you get, and you're trying to set out, like make it I a I mean, by the different. way, think about that in real life. 12 minutes. That's like running into somebody at the grocery store. That is absurd to go, okay, I'm going to give you 12 minutes. What? And this is and this is her PR. It wasn't Cynthia, like you got 12 minutes. Like she was very nice to me. It was just that it was so fascinating of like that, that minute amount of time. I'm like, what are we trying to like? How do you think I'm going to sell this? Sir, you know, products in 12 minutes and also get something interesting enough they that the audience will dig it. They don't care because they're like, we're doing you a favor. And it's like, that's what I feel like we're at the bottom of the mountain because they still don't understand that we're doing them a favor. <laughs> but that's why you, that's why I keep saying with Kate is she creates her own mountain. And that is one of the things. And this is a personal question, I guess, do, a little bit. Do you was know why? Ever... Because J Jenny McCarthy said to me years ago, she was like, listen, no one's going to come and offer you things. You have to make your own. You have to create what you want. And she married anything, Donnie Wahlberg. Well, any, anything I've ever wanted, I like had to create it because it's not like someone's going to call. They're going to go, oh, I yeah. would love to talk to that yes. mother of five. No, nobody. I once saw Jeff Garland do a like some storytelling show and he's the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm and, and the gold was on the Goldbergs. And he said the story of like, uh, you know, some producer like it was at lunch was like, Jeff Garland, I love you. I'm going to make you a star. And he's like, 
yeah, I never heard from that producer again. Nobody's looking for Jeff Garland. Nobody's looking for me. Like nobody's out there waking up and going, yeah, that Ryan Bailey, I got to get him a job. Like you have to show people why mm-hmm. you, and I never understood that as an actor. Like I didn't, but I understand this, that more here than mm-hmm. I did pursuing acting. Like, I'm like, oh, I understand this of like trying to prove yourself. And I think maybe just because I have more confidence in this than I ever did in my acting because it was look-based, you know? Oh, yeah. Kate's my yeah. therapist now. It's yeah. also Will you unpack to, that? It's also hard, too, because, um, well, maybe that's a good thing about podcasting, too, is that the entertainment industry is ruthlessly ageist. It, it is. So it's kind of nice to see so many people who are celebrated for their intellect and their life experience and their humor and, and their, their humor like, yeah. because of podcasting. It's like it, 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 it puts people off their, the, the agents in Hollywood off their game. I mean, I can tell stories about like going to Hollywood in the first couple of years and meeting with agents. And one agent said to me, come back when you have 750,000 followers on Instagram. And I felt so defeated. And I called my friend Scott. I was like, oh my God. He was like, don't listen to that piece of shit. One told me I wasn't shiny enough. They said, you're not like a Mormon blogger, meaning like I'm not attractive enough that like, you know, I'm not going to like, people are going to be interested in me. I'm not attractive enough. I was like, what a fucking asshole thing to say. And by the way, that network, I will never forget. And I hope it burns. Um, but yeah, I, so many people, but then, then you go back to the celebrities, they have 750,000 Instagram. Well, if you're a, Ariana Maddox said this week, I, I talked to Ariana and she said, um, yeah, man, you get on the bachelor. You immediately have a million followers. She goes, I've no, been doing Vanderbilt not, rules no, for like eight years. But and not anymore, which is, interesting. Oh, really? Because I was talking to, about Game of Ro- uh, to Game of Roses podcast, which is, uh, first of all, a great oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, who's the girl? Uh, yeah, who's the girl that does that? No, it's a, it's Chad and Lizzie. And what the, okay. what's amazing is they look, it's like money ball for the bachelor. So they look at it all as game strategy and like what strategies working, like, uh, like if somebody, uh, like they, they have acronyms for everything. It's like the, uh, PTC's personal tragedy card. Like, well, they use the PTC and then they got ahead and then they, it's like all like mathematics to them on like what works in order to be successful. But what they pointed out is that the the bachelor people are not making the instagram numbers they used to so like the thank andy, god because andy there's Dorfman only so much did, tummy not, tea to sell you know oh i know oh by the way what happened to tummy tea i think somebody's tummy exploded i mean i think they had we to have like killed that. somebody or fab fit fun boxes or, or what happened to the tricolor curling iron thing that i always yes. used to see like the, there were all these products that I was like, Wait, I gotta, can I do a docu-series on that? The, 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 Oh no, we, what, oh, what, what was that idea that you were taught? We were, you, you brought up, Oh, I don't want to say, but it, Oh, it was the, never mind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so many things that are like hot for a minute. And then you're like, what the hell happened? To yeah. It? What the hell happened? And then you like, sir, that's what these shows are great. Cause they're like nostalgia machines. And then you're like, Oh my God, I remember being on Friendster and then all of a sudden that disappeared and uh, MySpace popped up, you know? But then during COVID, they were like, oh, TikTok. And I'm like, oh God, another thing. And now I'm like, shit, I was late late to the game. Oh, I had to give up on TikTok because it just, it was like the things that I wanted to do take too much time and I'm not comfortable enough uh talking directly to the camera with my just with my without doing like a character or something like that so yeah i get that just, i feel that it took I'm too much gonna, time i'm not gonna do a dance routine and i'm not gonna make you a bowl of oatmeal with like currants on top like and those are the things that kind of work and i'm like that's not mm. my thing and the stories that i like mm. oh here like 
I did one on like Jax's eBay account and it was great and it was cool, but it took like two hours. And I was like, oh, this, forget it. This, no. you know, me trying to teach myself how to, you know, screenshot and piece all this shit together, which eventually is a good skill to have. But when you're also doing a daily show and all of this stuff, it makes it impossible. And I know, so that's like the frustrating thing is that there's so many cool things that mm-hmm. you can be doing out there for yourself in business, but there's only so many hours in the which, day. By the way, I need to just explain this is that. People who are in podcasting, this would this this is another thing. Let's like the thorn in my side right now is that people think podcasting experience is like what Meghan Markle's having. Where Meghan Markle's like, I have this new podcast, and then you find out there are twenty eight people that work on her podcast. Twenty eight people. So we're talking about producers, bookers, marketers, <laughs> blah blah blah. Um. <laughs> that is not a typical podcast experience. Like yeah. you and I are booking our own, well, it's like, like writing our contact. We're editing. Who's the girl, the Spotify girl? They got this. A caller, daddy. The the the. But she's Cooper. a huge, she's huge, a huge, ch- huge team of people. Oh, uh, and she and she does one show a week. Uh, you know, and then takes breaks in between seasons, and like she's like got a lightning team. That I'm like one show a week, and she gets like the best guest because <laughs> she's on Spotify. I'm like. Wow. That's like, we, you know, we're wearing like full, like hundred pound vests over us while we podcast. And hopefully someday we right. can keep taking the weight off where you get to that point where somebody gives you $60 million at the right place at the right time, you know? Which it makes me sad because like, I have a friend who just sent me a couple podcast episodes. She just started out and she's like, ask me what you think. And I, and I, I just feel like, oh my God, to start a podcast now is like, I feel like I'm at the bottom of the mountain. Oh my God. It would be. Well, that's why I tell people. Because I'm like, go, it would be, do it, it would, do it. But. But then you hear that the problem again is like, you hear like Meghan Markle stories. And so people have this, I think people, it would be easy for somebody to beat themselves up. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, cause like, well, it's been so easy for Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle is like a wor- worldwide known person with a huge team. And okay. James, well, Van, James Vanderbeek is suing uh some network because the, he said that they reneged on their podcast deal he was supposed to get like an For outrageous Dawson's Creek recap, out right? money like yeah. outra- no it was just about him and his life oh cool I'm sure the network was like <laughs> Shit, we're finding out that like these celebrities are not getting the downloads that we expect so this is like actually throwing money in the trash can and he's like whoa 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 and i'm like yeah that's not the normal thing i mean I don't know. I, I, there's so many celebrities that have started podcasts and it just doesn't work. It's yeah. Really, well, it's so hard. but even in terms of like the reality shows and what we do, I think sometimes with podcasters, it's the same thing that I notice with actors is that I used to pray to be oblivious because obliviousness will make you put yourself in situations that you shouldn't uh. be in, that you're not trained for. So I would watch people go into rooms and they'd be like, it's Martin Scorsese. They don't even know who he is. And they're like, eh, and they're not even good, but they don't quit because they're oblivious that they're bad. And then eventually they get better. So I think sometimes with podcasters, they're oblivious to the fact that when you start, you're literally going to get a hundred downloads and that's a good week. That right. is a good week mm-hmm. when you start. Mm-hmm. And then if you keep going year after year and grind it out, like deadliest catch, throwing the crab pots, wheeling it in, throwing the crab pots, wheeling it in, you'll eventually build an audience, but it takes so much time and you cannot give up. So I'm like, go yeah. for it, do it, but just make sure a, you're in it for the long, long game, the long yeah. game. You got to, did you ever think about quitting game. ever Kate? No, 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 uh-uh. no, no, no. I've had babies during the six years and still put out episodes because I just freaking love it. 
<laughs> that's but see, and that's what I think you can tell is you can tell there is a love for it there, and there's a respect for it with you, and that's why I think you have like found other mountains to create and and build, and it's truly just been an inspiration to me. I I know you are always so nice to me, but I I, I always want to tell you that, and I always say that to the people on the podcast because if it wasn't for you, you know, it's like you. I wouldn't be doing this. I mean, there's like a handful of people that I, and and listen, I'm nowhere still, but I credit you for, in fact, I blame you. Like I should be upset at oh. you for like <laughs> inspiring me to do, I'm like pissed at you actually. But this is, I mean, if you're not on the KKC train, get on it because it's going to keep going and it's going to keep building. What are you excited to watch this week? Well, first, I also want to say that the really nice thing about the space that we're in is that there are a handful of us that have been in this and we are such great pals. And I think that's far different than any other entertainment kind of space is that I just don't know people who are as collaborative as podcasters are. No, that's totally I mean, I don't ever say no. Um, you know, it can be a beginning podcast. And I mean, my time is now becoming less and like, like I have less of it. Um, but I, cause I want everybody, like it is one of those communities that it's like, yeah, like try it. Let's do, you know, it's, it's been really interesting. And it's one of those things like you, you know, I'm sure read Malcolm Gladwell and stuff is like that 10,000 hours, like Mm -hmm. you're way past 10,000 hours. And that makes an expert putting 10,000 hours into something. And I always think like everything is an at bat. Everything is a, did I miss that one? Did I bring something to that? Did I, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking about, uh, it was somebody, I think maybe George Carlin or or Steve Martin was talking about his Letterman appearances and he would treat each one like a show. So he would prep it for weeks. He would talk to people about like, what about this joke? What about this joke? He would do his like magic. And this is Steve Martin. He had already been hugely successful even into his movie career. And he would treat these appearances like their own show. So you can go and watch like some brilliant Steve Martin appearances on these talk shows and know that he took it that seriously where he prepared a week or two in advance. Um, There's also something beautiful about really being in a tunnel of joy, whatever that may be. So for us, it's podcasting, but whatever job it is, maybe it's even just a hobby. Like you, you love music or guitar or gardening or cars or whatever, that when we're in our tunnel of joy, where we're we're like so consumed about what we're doing, that the time just peels away. There's like something really incredible about that because I think there are a lot of people that are still looking for what that may be. So if you have it, like, just hold on to it because it's so great. And I also think, um, you know, in my older age and having children is like what I know to be true is this, is that we all should set a high tone because it really uh, affects all the other people that we work around. So if I go in and I'm setting the tone, like I'm a collaborative, helpful, excited person who wants the best for everybody else that the people around you will want the same. Yeah. And yeah. it brings everybody cream rises to the top. And I think that that's what I really enjoy about our space is that the way that we all collaborate and text each other, like, Oh my God, this is so funny. Like you and Ronnie and Heather and like so many people are like, Oh my God, can I, you know, two o'clock tomorrow. Or, oh, can you just do something? Everybody's like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like Kate was one of the first people I, I I I texted when I had Heather on because you're really good friends with Heather and you guys are like to me like the same awesome people. And I was like, I got Heather on. Like I, you know, 
I, you, you share victories. Like that was a victory for me that I was like, Oh, yeah. I was like, Oh my God, that's so, you know, and, and Kate will like sometimes text me and go like, how you doing? Or did you, and it's like, it really is nice. And it is one of the benefits of working this hard at something is that you, you know, you finally understand what people talk about in business about relationships. And like, I didn't have that with acting and I get to have that with this now. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Because acting, you're all competing against each other. That's the other nice thing about podcasting is like, we all have our own unique things. So like, even if you and I interviewed the same person, we're going to get different things out of it. Of course. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, that's the, I I'm only in competition with myself. I had to give up on being jealous of people a long time ago, or I wouldn't be able to keep going. Like, I know I can't be Danny Pellegrino. I know I can't be watch what crabman's. I know I can't be Kate Casey. And uh, you know, the things that seem to be working for me is when I lean into just being weird me, you know, yeah, exactly. We're all um, weird. We're all okay, weird. Kate. Uh, the show is Reality Life with Kate Casey. She has two to three episodes a week, uh, plus the Patreon, which actually mm-hmm. always has exclusives, all of that stuff. Where can we find everything, Kate Casey? Because I need you guys, if anything, to go sign up for that Substack. Also, remember always a five star review for any guest that comes on here. I'm sure everybody already listens to Kate, but if you don't, that's imperative. What else okay. is coming up? How do we find you? Reality Life with KKC, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, the Patreon is patreon.com backslash KKC. Tomorrow I have this woman who has been covering the Sherry Papini trial and case and everything. So she's got oh. total, total background on it, boots on the ground. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Twitter at KKC, Instagram at KKCCA, TikTok. And by the way, her kids are too damn cute. Like she produced like perfect looking kids. So if you're into that, like, you know, perfect looking kids thing, like that's something that she posts sometimes too, on top of reality show stuff. I tried to convince Kate so long ago to do a reality show about her family. I was like, you got to do one about your family. Cause I would, I was, and then there was like, you're the, the youngest daughter. I remember like, I wrote like, this is how crazy I remember like watching Kate's like what, like the last kid being born and watching her grow up. And it is the most weird feeling to watch somebody grow up over Instagram and never yeah. have met them in real life. Oh my God. She's the funny one too. Yeah. She's, no, she's hysterical. She's, the, she's like our people. Um, uh, the, the sub stack is katecasey.substack.com and Facebook group reality life with Kate Casey. Oh yeah. You guys, yeah. she has an awesome Facebook group. It's huge. And everybody is throwing out opinions on every different thing. Kate jumps in there too, but like, that's an awesome Facebook group and it's not insanely negative. It's there's smart people in there. I like it. Our audiences are smart. Like that's yeah. what's yeah, so yeah, cool. Yeah. It's very sophisticated. Oh audience my God. Wait, days. can I leave you with this? Um, yes. I love, you know, we always share stuff. You got to watch, listen to this podcast called father wants us dead. And <laughs> okay. it's not that long, but it's <laughs> about the John list murders. Do you remember that he was the man in New Jersey that killed his family and then like disappeared and he ripped up photos of himself because it was 1971. So nobody could locate him because there were no pictures of him. <sighs> they ended up catching him like years later. But anyway, that it was done by two jur- female journalists in New Jersey, and it's like six episodes. And if you're just like putzing around the house or something and want something to like deep dive, family annihilation cases are crazy. That's a good podcast to listen to. Father Wants Us Dead. Father Wants Us Dead. Pre-internet was really the time to kill somebody. I mean, that was you know really the same. Was. That was like, it was like, like a wild oh day. Oh my God. And like he, <laughs> he gave two shits. He killed him. By the way, one last thing is he wrote this letter to the authority. Like, oh, by the way, this is why I did it. And he said, 
So he killed the wife and the three kids. And then he said, and by the way, my mom's upstairs uh, in the attic. She was too heavy to, to take downstairs. And on that, Kate Casey from Reality <laughs> Life with Kate Casey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Ryan. I love uh, you. Thank you. I'll talk to you next time. Five, four. Betches.